Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, This is the Atlanta On Air podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Cam Marino. I'm a Falcons writer for USA Today, the Falcons Wire. Uh, If if you're familiar with my work, uh, I've done mostly NFL drafts, roster analysis, offer some insight, uh, and and a lot of stuff like that. Um, For today's podcast, uh, I figured I would dive into my recent mock draft that was just posted to the Falcons Wire, offer some analysis, my insight into what I was thinking with each pick. Um, and the particular agenda for this mock draft was, was you know, to, to find something realistic that, that wasn't so groupthinky. I think the issue with people that groupthink is that, you know, you, you'll start to inspire fans to think that only one way is possible. Um, and, and with the NFL draft, which is, which is usually a crapshoot, that type of thing is never possible, you know? So I think this mock offers a unique perspective in the way that it, it's given you some names that, that you might not have seen before, but, you know, with extensive research, um, I've come to find out that these guys are actually really good fits for the team, uh, what they're looking for. Um, and they kind of just fit the recent agenda, that, that we've been realizing um, are, are entering a trend for the Falcons this offseason. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to dive into it with my first pick, uh, with the first pick, uh, pick four. Uh, you know, I'm going Trey Lance. Um, he's a quarterback, North Dakota State. Uh, everybody knows him. We think he's a key-to-door fit in Arthur Smith's system. Uh, you know, he has a heavy play-action system. Uh, Lance Lance had a lot of play action at, at North Dakota State. Took a lot of snaps from under center, uh, and the team also sent a large contingency to his pro day all the way in Fargo, which, to my calculations and my very extra and probably not necessary calculations, is about twenty three hours away from Flowery Branch on through the car. So, you know, there's some sort of interest there, and I'm sure they took their own private jet there, um, but. They did make the trip to go watch Lance um, in, in Fargo for his pro day. Uh, and, and I don't think that the max restructure of Matt Ryan is really going to hold them from doing anything like, you know, planning for your future, especially at the quarterback position, which is your most important position on the field. Um, you know, Fontenot said that they don't want to make any decisions now that they're going to hurt us in a couple years. I believe he used 2023 is the exact year. Um and I think that includes passing up on a franchise quarterback. If you got a guy like Trey Lance, you know, you just read about him. His his character is flawless. His quarterback's coach, Quincy Avery, you know, posted something on his Instagram recently or maybe his Twitter. It was something like, you know, there's nobody I'd rather spend the last six months with uh, than than Trey Lance. Um, and that's a that's a strong endorsement coming from a guy who's who works with with Deshaun Watson, who's a top three NFL quarterback. Uh, North Dakota State staff and their coaches rave about Lance's commitment to football. Uh, he's a film junkie. He's always in the film room, um, just trying to get better. Uh, the concerns for Lance are that he's a raw quarterback. Um, but I think when you got a guy with his type of character and his type of work ethic, I think those concerns are usually mitigated. Uh, and and Lance Lance puts it on the field, man. I mean, he, his twenty nineteen tape. Uh, you know, when I was diving into the all twenty-two, he he made some damn impressive throws. I, you know, his mechanics are perfect. Uh, you know, we got Adam on here. Uh, he's, he's a coach. Uh, he raves about his mechanics. He thinks that 
you know, the way he throws the ball is, is effortless. Uh, and, and, it, and it is, you know, you look at the film, you throw on his film, you can see the ball just jumps out of his palm. Um, you know, so the concern that Lance is inexperienced and raw, you know, the stats will say that that is true, but the second you throw on his tape, you know, you're watching a, you're watching a guy who draws comparisons to, you know, Josh Allen, you know, the way he slings the rock, um, and even McNair. So, you know, we think Lance is a really interesting guy who 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 could benefit for sitting, you know, riding the pine for one to two seasons before he's he's a hundred percent ready to step on the NFL field. Um, and I think if he were to step on the field now, he'd be perfectly fine. But I think you'd get the best of Lance um, if he if he was to ride the pine for a couple years behind the Hall of Fame quarterback in Matt Ryan. Um, with my second pick. Uh, you know, the Falcons are, are, are really lacking at the safety position. They let DeMonte Casey walk. Uh, and they also let Keanu Neal walk, who just signed with the Dallas Cowboys to play weak side linebacker under former defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, or former head coach, my bad, Dan Quinn, who's now his defensive coordinator. Um, and so the Falcons are going to have to add a safety. Uh, you look at the pla- the past blueprints uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs in 2019, uh, they went Juan Thornell uh, in the second round, um, and he's been pretty good for them. Uh, you look at the Buccaneers last year, they go Antoine Winfield in the second round, and he's been a stud for them. So the kind of blueprint that you're seeing nowadays is a second round, you know, mid, you know, early day two safeties. Uh, and then these kind of hybrid guys that are not stuck to either free or strong safety. It's kind of guys that can play both or even can play in the box as a linebacker. Um, and that's especially in, in Dean Pease's defensive system uh, where he requires his his safety group to be able to play the star position, uh, which is heavily utilized in the college game. Uh, it's basically a hybrid safety uh, that can play in the box, uh, kind of roam and reap and use the field to his advantage while also having the ability to man a deep zone um, and use his range, use their range uh, to to be a, a you know a heavy contributor in in the passing uh, pass coverage game, um, and so I'm going Hamsun Asiraldine um, from Florida State. Uh, he's a big body, super 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 versatile. He told Jordan Reed that he likes to be the guy that they move around. He said versatility is a part of football. He's most comfortable at strong safety and box safety, where he can come down and make plays. Um, and so, you know, with that type of scheme versatility and his big athletic build, you know, he's going to endorse himself as a Dean Peace target. Uh, I really liked Nazir Dean's tape. Um, I think for such a big guy, he's, he's, you know, he's explosive as hell. Um, smart player, super athletic. I, I don't think you can limit him to, to one safety position, but I think he's versatile enough to, to play both at a, at a relatively high level. Um, and, and I'd be comfortable putting him at weak side linebacker as well. Um, he's also a matchup nightmare. I mean, he's huge. He's he's six three six four. Um, you know, and the way that the NFL is growing into using tight ends so much in their offense, you know, having a guy in your secondary that's big enough to lock up on a tight end is is going to be important. Um, so Hobbs is really he just offers a really good perspective in the way that you know he's big, he's athletic, he's explosive, and he's a smart guy. Uh, he's also, you know, he's, 
he he's kind of one of those guys that DNPs used to like in 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 in, uh, in Tennessee. Uh, he gives me Kevin Byard vibes, honestly, for the way that he's he's super rangy. Byard's a great great safety, and it's hard to compare anybody to him. But from from a range and explosiveness standpoint, I, I can kind of see them in the same realm. Um, so, uh, you know, they're going to capitalize on an early safety. They have picked 35, so they're they're picking early in the second round. Uh, and they're going to follow the blueprint of the Chiefs, the Bucks, uh, And those are just two, those are two examples. I mean, this stuff happens all the time. Uh, you know, those are the two that came out of the top of my head. Uh, but I'm sure there's there's a there's a bunch more teams that are that are going for that that early day two safety blueprint. Um, and so with this pick, the Falcons are capitalizing on Hobson Nazirolteen from Florida State. Uh, for my third pick, round three, pick sixty eight, uh, I'm going to running back from North Carolina. Any guesses? No, it is not Javante Williams. It is his partner in crime, Michael Carter. The hype has been around Javante Williams, and I think a lot of people have forgotten about his Robin, Michael Carter. Uh, Michael Carter's equally as strong of a fit in Arthur Smith's system. Uh, you know, he excels in the wide zone system that they love to use at, at the University of North Carolina, uh, you know, which is when you tread the tight end out wide and you can either cut inside or kind of follow him out. Um, it's an outside zone scheme uh, way of running. Um, you know, so as a running back, you're tasked with three lanes of cut options. There's a bend, bang, and bounce. And so UNC utilizes that type of running system uh, frequently uh, in their offense. And so Javante Williams is is a guy that I think is going to go, you know, early to mid second round. Um, and I don't see the Falcons capitalizing on a running back that early. Um, you know, just judging by the positional value, and I believe Alvin Kamara was a third-round guy for the Saints. Um, and, and I have no issue taking Michael Carter. I, I wouldn't consider this pick me settling for Michael Carter. I think he's a great prospect in his own. Uh, he's thick enough to contribute in pass pro. Um, you know, they had him they had him in pass protection quite a bit at, at UNC. Um, and I think he offers a really interesting build between explosive and big enough to contribute in those passing sets. Um, you know, and the quarterback's coach for the Falcons, Charles London, um, you know, he comes as a former running backs coach, I believe. Um, and so he, you know, he has pride for the guys that are, that are, uh, you know, strong and, and, um, formidable and, and pass pro, um, you know, which makes Michael Carter quite the fit. Uh, Arthur Smith asked for his running backs to be, uh, adaptable and, and, uh, the wide zone scheme. He wants his running backs to be hard nosed, physical, disruptive, explosive, elusive, um, and I think Michael Carter completely fits that agenda. Perfect fit in round three. Uh, I don't think he's going to go sooner, but I don't think he's going to go farther either. I'd be shocked if he made it to the fourth round. Um, but yeah, no. So I think you know you're not going to find your Derrick Henry, and, and Carter's obviously not as big of a bruiser as as Henry is. Um, but I don't think there really even is anybody as big of a bruiser in the world than Derrick Henry. Um, and unless you're talking to Big Show from the WWE, but you know he's not going to throw on cleats and start running. Um, but no, I I, I like Carter here. Um, I think he's a really really good fit. Um, you know, I, 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 to my belief, uh, to my knowledge, I don't think he has any character concerns that would either push him back or, or make him undraftable, you know, if that's the case. Um, so I think, you know, I think this, this position 
positional value kind of fits in right here really well. Um, and Michael Carter from from the University of North Carolina is a perfect fit in the wide zone system, um, you know, and, and, and can contribute in the passing game as well. For the fourth round, uh, pick 108, I'm going safety. Caden Stearns from Texas. Uh, like Naz uh, Hamsa uh, from Florida State, Stearns kind of fits the bill uh, for a DMP safety. Uh, he's physical enough to play in the box, but he's also athletic enough, and he has the tools to play deep, um, you know, and man his own. Um, he has super smooth hips and, and loose-moving legs that will allow him to effectively play cover one and cover two at a high level. Um, and, and, and the loose-moving legs and smooth hips, uh, you know, the, those attribute to your range, uh, which are super important in cover one and cover two schemes specifically. Um the Falcons were at the Texas Pro Day, um, and, and Stearns ran really well. Um, his athletic traits fly off the board. Um, you know, he's he's an all-time athlete. He's crazy athletic. His Pro Day numbers were really important for me uh, to put him at this pick. Um, I just think, I think Dean Pizzo is going to fall in love with the fact that he plays just like Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, he can slide down in the box and lay the boom. But he's also physical and athletic enough to, to, you know, to contest a jump ball and, and get an interception if need be. Um, and so I, I like Caden Cerns at pick four. I know there's some, uh, you know, there's some disagreements uh, with the uh, analyst at Atlanta on air on how much we like Caden Cerns. I think we all recognize the fact that he has tools to build off of. Um, but, you know, I, I know Hunter in specific um, – Questions whether or not he can put them together. Um, I think he believes he can, but I don't think uh, I don't think he 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 thinks that Stearns is polished enough, uh, you know, to start day one. Um, but I like Stearns, man. I, I think I think his physical his his blend between physicality uh, and and coverage ability. I think it's special for his safety, and I wouldn't consider him a special prospect because if he was special, he'd be in the second round range. Um, but the committee has him in the fourth round. I think it's probably fair for Stearns. Um, so, you know, round four, the Falcons are going to, you know, add to their the hole in their secondary. Uh, and, and for their second safety pick in the draft, they're going to add Caden Stearns from Texas to give them that free safety, strong safety flexibility. Uh, and give them a guy who can play deep, but also in the box. Uh, round five. So this is a guy that's one of my fan favorites. Um, I recently threw on his tape. Uh, he's a defensive end from Kansas State, Wyatt Hubert. Uh, he's a senior bowl guy. Um, his tape was really, really, really impressive to me. Um, his athletic profile, uh, you know, in my eyes, offers a really, really good compliment to Dante Fowler and Grady Jarrett. Um, you know, he's a big guy. But Kansas State had him play stand-up and also hand in the dirt, which is interesting for a guy like Hubert, who's, I believe, 6'3", 270. Um, and those are, that's a rough estimate. Um, I'd have to check. Um, but he's big, man. He's, you know, he offers sort of a comparison to John Kaminsky athletically, though I think Hubert's capable of playing outside linebacker, and I'm not sure that's where Kaminsky's best fit at. Um... Hubert also gives me Jadavion Clowney vibes. Uh, you know, the kind of big body stand-up uh, outside linebacker type guy. 
Uh, I think it's gonna. I think we've got a guy in the, in the Falcons front office, uh, the senior director of football administration, Chris Olson. Uh, he was the former Texan senior vice president of football and ad, uh, admin. Uh, he's, you know, I see him thinking back to his times where he drafted Jadavion Clowney. Um, you know, he had he clearly had a big part in, in, in that draft, uh, and he was because he was a senior vice president of football administration. Um, and Hubert plays like literally like Clowney. I mean, obviously less productive and less you know efficient. And Hubert's got tools that he has to put together, of course. Which obviously puts him in the fifth round. If if he had his tools all together, this guy's a second, third round pick. Um, but Hubert, you know, he gives me some Jadavion Clowney vibes. He plays like Brooks Reed, you know, the stand up type, the stand up type outside linebacker who, you know, he can plant his foot outside and cut inside like it's nothing. Uh, so I think he, you know, he'd be a valuable addition in in, in the nickel uh, nickel sets. Uh, his go-to move is the club. Uh, he, you know, he used that quite a bit against Texas um, in, in his 2020 film. I think the Falcons have, have, a, have equally as big of a hole as at the defensive end position than they do as a safety position. Um, and so round five, you know, they're, I think it's good value for them to grab an, an edge rusher here. Uh, the class is, is pretty deep. Um, it's really... I wouldn't say that there's there's that many star talent players uh, at the top of this draft, but I think it's it's I think it's loaded with guys that can contribute in certain packages. Um, like honestly, from rounds one to seven, I think there's a guy that you can get uh, that will contribute in, in one of your packages. Um, and so round five, specifically the nickel package, I think defensive end White Hubert from Kansas State uh, is a pretty strong fit. Uh, round five again. One of the comp picks, pick 182. Um, I'm going to add to the secondary once again, but this time at the cornerback position. I'm going to grab Trey Brown out of Oklahoma. This dude is competitive. I mean, you you look up the dictionary definition of competitive, and there's a headshot of Trey Brown from Oklahoma. This kid, he plays with his head on absolute fire. Um they played him out outside cornerback in Oklahoma. Uh, he's a small guy. He's 5'9 and 3 fourths. Um, not sure what he weighed in at. Uh, my guess is, is 185 uh, around that range. Um, and you look at that stat, you look at that height weight, and, and, and you're, you're, you're probably thinking, I'm going to put him inside. Um, but Trey, Trey is so, he's so competitive that I want him outside. Uh, it's similar to how Kendall Sheffield succeeded outside, uh, when the Falcons had him there a couple years ago. Uh, he's only 5'10", um, but he's a competitive guy. Um, Oklahoma coaches rave about his commitment to football. Uh, they rave about Brown. Um, and, and, and if you look at the past additions that the Falcons have been making this offseason, uh, even regarding culture, that type of competitive player that'll go get the football, I think those are the type of guys that I see them wanting to add. Um, I'm 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 comfortable playing Trey Brown outside. His ball skills pop off the tape. Uh, his football IQ is super impressive. He breaks on balls and and in perfect times takes perfect angles to balls. Uh, and his best fits in a pure man coverage system. Uh, the Falcons ran some of the most uh, man coverage. Uh, in the league last season, and I know what you're thinking. There's a new defensive coordinator. Uh, that those stuff, that stuff doesn't matter. 
the personnel is the same. Um, the guys that you're putting on the field is pretty much the same. So you're not going to switch the scheme completely because most of those guys were drafted or added into that scheme because they fit what the Falcons at the time were trying to accomplish. Um, so they're probably still going to stick with a ton of man coverage. Um, and, and Trey Brown makes a ton of sense here. Uh, ferocious outside corner. Um uh, Super competitive, had a really, really good senior bowl. Uh, I, I I remember him vividly uh, clamping up Frank Darby, who's a big body, uh, who's a, who's you know he's a really, really big guy, competitive as well in his own right. Um, and so Trey Brown just kind of gives you that dog mentality. Talk, excuse me, dog mentality that you're looking for outside. Um, and so I honestly I see this as a steal. Uh, he had an incredible senior bowl. Uh, he was one of the stars in um, mobile. So round five, pick 182. The Falcons are getting an outside cornerback in Trey Brown. Round six, uh, we're leading down on the draft. Round six, pick 100, 187, running back C.J. Marable out of Coastal Carolina. Uh, both the Saints and the Titans um, – they have a pretty deep history of going after uh, those kind of scat back types in the back end of the draft, which are the small and the, the explosive running backs. Um, so, you know, uh, one guy that pops into my mind is is Boston Scott, uh, who's like 5'7". Um, but incredibly explosive. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick for the New Orleans Saints uh, with Terry Fontenot on roster, of course, or on staff, excuse me. Um and Marable's kind of one of those guys that you could put anywhere and he'd be fine. Uh, you know, he developed a, a role on the ground. He was a starting running back at Coastal Carolina. Uh, he was a leading receiver in the backfield. I believe he had the most receiving touchdowns um, in college for a running back. Um, and he's also he's also a key contributor in the special teams unit. Um, you know, like I said earlier, he plays a lot like Boston Scott. Uh, he's explosive. But he's also he's also you know he can also play in the special teams unit, and he's big enough to play you know in, in pass pro. Uh, I think that I think the trend uh, seems to be guys that can develop a, a role on the ground in pass pro, um, and and in special teams uh, at least in this back end part of the draft. Um, so with this pick, the Falcons are adding you know maybe a depth guy, uh, someone who fits their scheme. Because running backs are very scheme-dependent. Um, and I'm not sure you're going to want to keep guys like Ito Smith on the roster. I think Quadri Olison uh, fits what they're looking for. But if they do get rid of one of those running backs, uh, I can see them wanting to add a late round scat back. Um, and that is C.J. Marable, who, like I said, uh, can play on the ground in the air and in the special teams unit. For the final pick of this mock draft, uh, pick 219 in round 6. Uh, I'm going linebacker Curtis Robinson on a Stanford. Uh, this guy's character completely checks out. Uh, he was a team captain for Stanford, uh, and and he's a flexible linebacker on the field. He can play strong side. I wouldn't put him at middle. Uh, I'd put him at you know I think he could be fine at weak side, um, and allow him to just kind of roam the field. Um, Looking at trends of the NFL draft, teams typically target those developmental linebackers in the back end of the draft, um, and, and this is no different. Um, so the Falcons, 
they're going to add a team captain, a uh, you know, a guy who's who's all about culture, who's all bought into the football, uh, you know, realm, um, and that's Curtis Robinson. Uh, I think he had an injury. He didn't have an injury. Uh, it took him out for the rest of the season. Uh, so he's kind of one of those battle-tested guys um, who, who has traits, uh, but you need a good coach to put him together. Um, and his concerns revolving his injuries um, are going to push him back in the draft a little bit. Um, he led Stanford in, in tackles, tackles for lost, and was and was an all-pack 12 all Pac-12 honorable mention for the last two years. Uh, he also won the Jack Huston Award, which is given to a player who demonstrates aggressiveness, exceptional performance, and unheralded efforts. Um, so if you're going to target a guy who who's all about culture and who's completely bought in and who you know is dedicated to the game football, you know, you're, you're going Curtis Robinson. Uh, he'll get you some snaps on special teams. Uh, he'll offer some linebacker depth. Um, you know, if you're, if your top three guys are out, uh, he can step in at realistically middle, uh, weak side and strong side, though. I, like I said, I wouldn't really want to put him at middle, um, just due to his concerns with his, his agility, uh, and his ability to plant and run. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the, the Falcons with this draft, they're kind of going after need and it's not even, you know, and, and I wouldn't say that I'm just drafting for need, um, but I'm drafting guys that fit the positional value uh, that the Falcons do have a hole at, at their respective position. Um, so this, you know, this is kind of funky for me um, because uh, this is one of the first podcasts I've done. Um, but, you know, I had fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun uh, doing this podcast, uh, diving into what I think is, is you know, super fun, you know, just putting together mock drafts. Uh, speculating, uh, speculation is my middle name. <laughs> um, so I'm going to close off on this one. Uh, as always, follow the Atlanta on air Twitter. It's ATL on air. I'll follow all the guys, uh, all the analysts on the Atlanta on air team. Um, I am Cam Marino. Twitter handle is Marino NFL. Uh, and then it's been an absolute pleasure Offering some insight onto what I think is is completely possible. Um, and, and I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. See ya.